Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Jim Harbaugh stirring the pot. The best teams with the best coaches, or are they and why in the big sky? And what a day it was, the Open Championship. How about that? It's 2 Tell New 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. And July is Kurtz 30th birthday. That's right, 30 years they've been in business there at Kurtz Polaris and they are celebrating by offering you, are you ready for this, 30% off. 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz 30-year anniversary sale. If you would like to find us on the web, you can do that, 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen to the stream. No matter where you are, get in live to the big show. The stream brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call, well, we welcome that as well. 329-1899, the phone number, 329-1899. All guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. Uh, Coulter got a few things for the people today. Let's go through what we got. First of all, we're going to talk a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit about some stuff that we were discussing on our way back from Spokane in the Big Sky Conference football uh, week uh, kickoff uh, was this weekend uh, for the media, getting everybody together over there in Spokane. And so uh, we uh, you know, had a pretty good conversation on the way back, let the people in on what we uh, were kind of discussing in terms of success and impression of coaches relative to the programs that they are now at and that they inherit. So we'll get into that 
in that vein, we will also uh, hear from Jay Hill, who is the head coach of the Weaver State Wildcats. Jay, uh, in his sixth season now, is he going into six or going into seven in, at Weaver? Going into six. Going into six, okay, but has really built Weaver into, uh, you know, a program, a, an absolute force. Back-to-back big sky champs. And, again, it doesn't feel like a high watermark. It feels like this is the level that Weber will be at for the duration of Jay Hill's tenure at Weber State. Well, yeah, I mean, they won 28 games in the last three years. And, you know, they, yeah. they got 11 win, and I guess, I guess they have back-to-back 11-win seasons. So I guess they actually have won, uh, do the math, almost 30 games in, in the last three years because they won eight games back their first playoff appearance. So a lot of ga- they've won a lot of games, and it's the most sustained stretch of success at Weaver State. Weaver State's been solid in the Big Sky Conference uh, ever since being one of the charter members of the league, but they've never experienced this. The The most comparative was in 2008-2009 when uh, Weaver shared the conference title with Montana. They might have actually not shared it in 2009. No, Montana won it outright in 2009, but Weaver still made the playoffs. But they yeah. were back-to-back playoff appearances. They shared that 08 title because they beat the Grizz, and that's the one loss during the, that 32-game stretch where Montana went 31-1 and again in the league. So that was a great Weaver State team. Cam Higgins, the Offensive Player of the Year in the league, and Trevin Smith, uh, the late Trevin Smith now. That's something we haven't really mentioned on this show. The late Trevin Smith passed away. Uh, one of the only players in the history of the Big Sky Conference to earn four straight first-team all-league accolades and the only guy in the history of the Big Sky to rush for 1,000 yards in four years in a row. Amazing. And he, he uh, we heard some stuff, and it's not really, it's personal stuff that we can't really talk about on the radio, but a very tragic way for him to go and it's a bummer because i was at the fourth of july i was with a couple guys who played defense for the grizz and i said man did you guys hear about trevin smith and they were like no what happened and said well he passed away today and they said man that that guy was the toughest guy we ever played against Mm -hmm. i think anybody that watched him in missoula would remember that as well but regardless weaver state is now operating at a higher level than they ever have before and we'll get into a little bit of that but i think it's i think it's a cool story that maybe is an undertold story in the fact that Ron McBride was the coach at Utah for, for years and years and years, and then when he kind of drifted off and wanted to finish his career in the twilight that wasn't the Utah, and Utah was on this huge push to move up, well, they replaced him with Urban Meyer, not a bad hire, and, uh, but Ron McBride then finished his career at Weaver State. Well, Jay Hill played for Ron McBride at Utah, and now is building Weaver State into the best version it's been since Ron McBride was there. Yeah. Uh, so, you, I mean, like Jay Hill says in the interview that we'll play for you, Ron McBride's the biggest influence in his career and the best recruiter he ever saw, and that's where he gets a lot of his recruiting acumen. But you can see it in Jay Hill's players, and I think that that's the interesting part about Weber is that they have not only recruited, but they've recruited and developed at a higher level than anybody in the league with the exception of probably Eastern Washington but Eastern's is not necessarily as much of a developmental program because they can get such high-caliber guys. Mm-hmm. But what, what Weber State is doing right now is very similar to what Montana did in the 2000s in terms of getting guys, projecting them, throw them in the weight room, let them develop, and then when you're ready, roll them out there. It's like he told us about Ayasua Opeta. I mean, if you saw Opeta at the kickoff last year, I mean, goodness gracious, he's 6'4", 3'10", and he's like flat stomach, and you're like, well, who is this 30-year-old? And he, Jay Hill told us he was 6'3", 235 pounds coming out of high school. So that's projection right there when you can say, oh, he might look like that someday pretty darn good. Now, you know this is still the intro, right? Well, we're still rolling. Okay. I mean, you got me going. I guess so. <laughs> then in segment two. Oh, okay. We'll get uh, we to we'll have, get into the rest of the show. Uh, Carolyn. 
our dear friend Carolyn, who is uh, our resident chick who doesn't know about sports, going to tell us a little bit about sports. We'll get into the Open Championship in the next hour. We're going to get into the NFL a little bit. The NFL, uh, NFL.com released its top five wide receiver duos in the NFL. Uh, mm, I, I take some exception. So we get into uh, that and maybe Jim Harbaugh, maybe what's going on over the weekend. So there you go. That's what we got. What we got coming up in the show. Uh, Coulter, it is a Friday. We'll let you jump back into your sweet spot of coaches and the Big Sky Conference. We'll hear from Jay Hill and all the, all that. Uh, but we got to have ourselves something to get us through, something to lift our spirits heading into a beautiful weekend here in Western Montana. Florence Coffee. Boys and girls, you're driving around town. You're feeling like, okay, I'm stuck in traffic. What am I going to do? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to a Florence Coffee Company kiosk. You're going to get yourself a nice coffee, a nice tea, a smoothie, uh, uh, maybe a, uh, uh, my kids are always want the muffin tops, you know, the lemon poppy seed muffin top. You got to have it. You go in there, you get yourself a coffee. You can stay up late. You can sleep in. It's going to be a great weekend around Western Montana. It's going to heat up around Western Montana, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I've been enjoying this mid-70s deal. That's all right with me. Uh, you're going to have some coffee along with Coulter and myself. Florence Coffee Company coffee break. Thank you very much for that. Let me just take a little sip. Mm-hmm. Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork. Some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love Rainbows, and I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely the, the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana. It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services. Anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, San Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site, or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL. Drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. Just goes down so good every single time. They nail it. Orange coffee, our coffee break every Friday, thanks to them. All right, Coulter, how do you want to do it? You want to talk about what you wanted to talk about? Or you want to hear from Jay Hill? Uh, I don't know. I'm still trying to get my bearings about me here. I did that drench class again yesterday. Okay. It hurts. I'm sore. Okay. Sweatshop people doing it right. Uh, let's uh, let's let, uh, so the conversation that I want to have is not necessarily about Weber State as much as it is about the influx. The, when you have thirteen teams in a league, yes, and you go to a, a media conference like we went to, mm-hmm. it's almost guaranteed there's going to be one, two, sometimes three, sometimes even as many as four new coaches in the league, depending on the situation, the ebbs and flows. And we've seen it. You know, it's been interesting to have the new coaches be at places like Montana and Montana State recently. But then we've also seen so much turnover all the way across the league. And now it's almost fully turned over since, you know, since I moved back to Montana and started covering the league. And since the league expanded in 2012 and I started going to the Big Sky kickoff, I mean, Tim Walsh at Cal Poly, I'm trying to think of the rest. I mean, everybody else, Ernest Collins at Northern Ernest, Colorado. Yeah, With the exception of that, everybody else has a new coach 
in that amount of time because you know Mike Mike Kramer has gone away from Idaho State, Bo Baldwin left Eastern Washington, you know, Mick Delaney, Bob Stitt at Montana. How long's Barney been over there in Portland? Well, so because Nigel Burton was the coach there when mm-hmm. the league first expanded. This is Barney's fifth year. Okay. So there's That's been turnover at every single at every single school, but I think that. There's been because of the, the a lot of different factors the the unbalanced nature of the schedule in the Big Sky Conference in football, how many teams are in the league, the sort of anarchy that ruled the league for about a five year span be, just because of all these different factors, all these teams, all the travel, who's going to play who, who's doing what, every almost everybody in the league got a piece of the pie. They either made the playoffs or shared the league title. I mean, there's been so many teams that traditionally had had no no success. I mean, even even Idaho State posted an eight win season under Mike Kramer, and so I think it it maybe implied that there wasn't as much of an impo- that having a powerhouse coach wasn't necessarily of up of optimum. Um, or it wasn't necess- It wasn't completely necessary. Now I think that. We would have both agree the fact that now the league has sort of reshifted, and we think that the Montana schools are going to be better, both play, both playoff caliber for the first time in in a half a dozen years where they're both in the mix for the playoffs, and the fact that Eastern Washington, despite Bo Baldwin's departure, not even both in the mix, but I expect both Montana and Montana State to be in the postseason this season. I and I, I expect and, it. And I agree. I yes. I agree. And what what I said about Weber State and the way Jay, Jay Hills built it. And the fact that Aaron Best has been able to keep it rolling at least for one year at, at post Bo Baldwin, and then the fact that perhaps the most innovative and accomplished, and therefore scary if you're the rest of the league coach in the league, Dan Hawkins at UC Davis. Now he's got a place that everybody in the league has always thought was a sleeping giant, and it's his alma mater, and he's got it rolling instantly. I mean, year two, they're the seven seed in the playoffs. I mean, he he got it rolling right away, and so I think that when you then look at it from that perspective. The rebalancing of the league has gone hand-in-hand with the fact that the guys that have the most gravitas, the guys that have the most bravado in the league, the guys that, I mean, I want to phrase this a little bit gently, but Northern Arizona has a new coach in Chris Ball. Who knows how that's going to go? It's such uh, a unique situation taking over for a guy that's been there for more than 20 years in Jerome Sowers. Sac State has a new coach. And Sac State has just had so many different innovative guys try to go in there, and they've never they've always hit that wall. They can't quite get over the top into the playoffs. But when you're sitting in that room, you can kind of feel the energy, and you can feel the way the whole thing works. And when you talk to the coaches about each other, especially the new coaches, you get some feedback. I didn't get the impression that anybody was shaking in their boots at the new guys this year. That's not the case like it was last year. We we talked to every single coach in the league last year and said, what do you think of Bobby Houck being back? And everyone was like, oh, man, you know, Bobby's back. Bobby knows how to win at Montana. If Montana's got a guy that knows how to win, okay, look out. I mean, Barney, Coach Barnum was hilarious. You know, he's like, yeah. the sheriff's back in town. You know, Montana's going to be back right away. Yeah. And and there was so much respect. You know, even though Jeff Choda had never been a head coach, he had worked in so many different circles and come from the Chris Peterson tree. There was definitely an element of People being like, well, okay, Montana State's got a tough guy back in the saddle now, too. What are we going to do? And I think people have a crazy amount of respect for Jay Hill at this point. I mean, like Coach Barnum said, the number one thing I respect about Jay Hill is that he doesn't think 7-3 to three is boring. He's willing to beat you 14-10 to 10 all day long. Yeah, he's 100% cool with not playing anybody else's game but his own game. 
And then you talk about Hawkins and just how off the cuff he is and just how outside the box he is and the the, the massive success he had at Boise State. Um, I just think that there's definitely some there's some new godfathers in the league, some new dons in the league. Jerome Cyrus kind of occupied that spot, even though NAU was never the power that maybe they should have been. They've been solid. But Jerome had just been there for so long. He was such an institution. He had so much reverence behind him. Everybody respected him so much. Mike Kramer was a similar way, even though Kramer's success ebbed and flowed. But now it seems as if there's a re uh, a redefining of the hierarchy, and the guys that are at the Montana schools and the other guys that we mentioned are kind of the ones that are occupying those seats. Well, and it's not really about tenure either. It's it's about exactly. presence. Exactly. And, exactly. And that is, uh, you, you know, and how much does that matter? Uh, let's put it like this. You, I think you can be a successful coach or 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 a failure as a coach or a bad coach, no matter what your personality type is. You can have quiet guys who are stoic, who are great coaches, and you have quiet guys where you're like, would you please say something because we need somebody to lead. Or you could have adamant, over-the-top guys who are great fun and everybody rallies behind it or guys who are just, you know, off-putting. So... How you are isn't so it doesn't matter so much, but but what that how that translates right. Well, and I think that that's the thing that's so appealing about Jay Hill, is that Jay Hill. There's no doubt when you sit with him and talk with him, how supremely confident he is. But it's not cocky and it's not arrogant. He's just supremely confident in every element of the way that he operates his program. And when he and he's he's just so cut and dry and honest about everything he'll tell you. Yeah. He'll straight up tell you the things that he thinks that they're bad at, and he'll straight up tell you, like you'll hear in this interview, we have the best special teams in the league. That's it's a reason why we win games. We take pride in it. There is no other option for us. When you sit across from Jay Hill, too, it seems to me he's he is he's a one of the the quiet types. Uh, stoic is a good word. Sto- stoic to an extent. And when you sit across from him, he's serious, but he's not imposing, and yet. Even without being, you know, imposing or intimidating, he also commands respect from you, just in in terms of the way that he is, and that's something that's, you know, you can't fake that, right? And and I think that a lot of coaches, particularly maybe in football, actually in basketball too, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of bravado, you know, and there's a lot of salesmanship, and some of that stuff is fine, and it doesn't, need, and and not even, you know. It doesn't mean that anybody's fake or, you know, disingenuous or whatever, but it's rarer to find guys who are 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 rooted enough to just be exactly who they are, whatever that is. And and you don't see that that often. You don't see it in life, frankly, that often. Okay, it's not just about coaches or whatever. I think it just takes on and sort of the, you get the extremes in the coaches because they are the politicians, the fathers, you know, the leaders of men, the you know, all of this stuff, the 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 the, the money makers, the fundraisers, and so there's a lot of different hats that you have to wear as a college coach, and so you have to be able to you know play to whatever room that you are in, and that sort of tends to make a caricature out of you more than it does like this is just kind of who you are. You know what I mean? And so uh, I, I just I do think it's interesting. But another thing, two telling one is one two nine ESPN radio. Um, actually, let's do this. Let's hear from Jay Hill. Mm-hmm. You get an impression of mm-hmm. of the man as he's talking uh, through this again. Two-time Big Sky Conference champions or co-champions. Uh, 
uh, been to the playoffs uh, each of the last several seasons, including were they in the final four two years ago? Uh, they, they were uh, a play in, away. In the they lost to James Madison in the quarterfinals on a field goal. And uh, and this year as well, uh, uh, t- two tremendous teams, tremendous runs, and expected to be really good again. So here you go, uh, a little less than five minutes, but you'll get an impression. Uh, head coach of the Weber State Wildcats, Jay Hill. Well, coach, you come into this year and you've built Weber into one of the powers of the conference year in and year out. What what this year is going to be sort of the the demarcation of what your team is. Well, we got to continue to play great defense. That's been the key the last three years. Is we've probably been the top defense in the league. Um, we got to take care of the football. Last year we learned that we turned the ball over a lot in NAU, and it cost us the outright conference championship. And we turned it over in the main game, and it cost us the semifinals. And we had a good team, but you're not very good when you turn it over. So that cost us dearly. The games we the games we took care of it, we could beat anybody. Now that's reality. Is I really felt that way, especially the way Constantine was playing late down the stretch. If we just took care of the ball, we could beat anybody in the country. And Simo in the second round of the playoffs, that was a phenomenal team that came into Weber State. They were dang good. They were athletic. They were big. They were physical. They had all the tools to be a contender, and we played phenomenal against them. And we took care of the ball, and then the next week you don't take care of the ball and you look like idiots against Maine. So that's kind of how the conference goes. If you take care of the ball, you got a chance to win it. If you don't, you're going to get killed. It seems like we've been talking about the incremental steps of your program for the last couple of years. You know, learn how to win close, then learn how to win, and then learn how to make the playoffs, and then chase a conference championship. Now here you guys are having a couple conference championships under your belts, a couple of playoff appearances under your belts. So how do you then elevate it to the next step, and what is the next step for Weaver State? Well, recruiting has been a big part of that. we got to continue to get the best players in the league, which I think we showed that with the you know the preseason all-conference team. we got good players. Uh, with that, we got to continue to abide by our plan to win, which is play great defense, take care of the ball. I mentioned that. And then the other thing, the next step, we got to make plays when they're there to be made. And we did not do that in the main game. We just we had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to take that game and just jump out to a two-score lead in the first half. And, and then it would have been hard against our defense last year for anybody to beat us with a two-score lead. And, but we just didn't do it. And it was the same thing at James Madison the year before. There was plays to end that game to win it, and we didn't make it. That's the next step. We've got to make those plays in those critical situations in the big games, in the really big games. You talked about recruiting. Coulter and I said if you, if you wind up all the players that come to this event, put them in all the same shirts so we didn't know who was who, we would still know, oh, those are the two Weber guys. They're just bigger and stronger than just about everybody else it seems like where do you find these guys and and what does your program do to generate what are just i mean massively strong human beings well a lot of it's recruiting and knowing what you're looking for we got good recruiters in this league that get it i was lucky when i was a young coach i was around ron mcbride who in my opinion is maybe the best recruiter ever he, he just he knew what to look for big feet big hands he knew how to project like, like Iosuo Petta last year when he came here and everyone was saying how big he was. In high school, he was 6'3", 240 pounds, and, and not impressive, but we knew what he was going to grow into. Jonah Williams, when he joined us, was 240 pounds, and now he's 6'5", 280, and we're having a hard time keeping him under 280 because I don't want him getting too big. 
you just got to know what you're looking for and uh, how they're going to grow and what they're going to grow into. And then you got to have one heck of an off-season program, which I think we do a dang good job of. We got a great strength coach, and that's part of the program. You mentioned uh, just continuing to play great defense, con continuing to make plays when they're available. But you guys have done such a good job of owning the special teams aspect of the game. I know that that's something that you take a ton of pride in. But how important has that been to have? You know, one of the premier kickers in the league, one of the premier kick returners in the league, and have guys that can score you so many points on special teams. Oh, that's huge. You know, I was a, I was a special teams coordinator for nine years at the University of Utah, and the two years prior to being a special teams coordinator, I sat in the room every night with Urban Meyer doing special teams scheming on our schemes and our techniques that we were going to use. And those things were so valuable to me as a young coach, and it instilled into me the importance of special teams and we've been really good at them, the best in the league, in my opinion. And now we got to now we got to make a different transition because we lose Colton Swan, who went to the University of Utah, and he was a phenomenal special teams coordinator. So I need the next guys to step up, coach it the same way, get the players to buy into them and the schemes the way we've done. And I think our players get the importance of it. It's been huge for us. So there you go, Jay Hill. The last point that he made there. Uh, I think there's two different things I want to talk about here that are very interesting dynamics. And first of all, Jay Hill made the comment about we have to continue to recruit the best players in the league. And I think that Coach Hill does a better job of acknowledging how important and how crucial it can be to have the best players in the league at the positions that aren't necessarily the glory positions. Because Weaver has had the best corners and safeties in the league. And those are positions that get some headlines. And, and they've had, but the rest of where they've had the best players. They've had some pretty good edge guys, but no, no premier, you know, all-American Buck Buchanan winning type edge guys. But they've had some of the best interior defensive linemen that just muddy it up and let their linebackers go crazy. And that's why the Grand Toy and, and Landon Stice were so productive last year because you got you know 350 pound D tackle in Felipe Satake. I mean, he's a second team All League guy. He had like 17 tackles because that's how impactful he was. Everybody in the league knew. It's not about the plays this guy makes. It's about the plays everybody else behind him makes because of how disruptive he is. But, you know, Coach Hill, they're so good at recruiting the best guards in the league. But more, the most important and striking part where they have such a huge advantage is they've had the best kicker, one of the two or three best punters, and absolutely the best kicker turner in the entire league. And Rashid Shahid is probably the best kicker turner in the entire country. Mm -hmm. And when you have those guys... It just it makes you, you such a, a different type of threat. You can get by with being dead last in the conference and offense because I, mean, I think that they scored nine or ten non-offensive touchdowns a year ago. I mean that's a huge boost. That's one a game. Yeah. So I mean you can you can get by with the seventeen points per game offense if you get seven more from your defense or your special teams. And now all of a sudden you are you you are beating teams twenty four seventeen, and that's their formula. It's like Coach Hill said, if we hold teams under twenty. We're pretty darn good. We're pretty confident where we're at. The other thing that I thought was an interesting point, and I think that there's a distinct parallel there between Montana, is that Weaver State has been so good on special teams because that's where Jay Hill made so much of his reputation when he was at Utah. And Colton Swan was Jay Hill's heir apparent. He, he was you know the guy that Jay put his arm around and, and taught him all, all he, he knows about special teams. Now Colton Swan, the special teams coordinator at Utah, has the job that Jay Hill used to have. And Colton Swan, I've interviewed him a couple of times. He's an incredibly bright guy, really young, dynamic, incredible energy. But they've been so good on special teams, not only because of the talent of the guys that are their specialists, but because of the schemes. And a ton of that credit goes to Colton Swan. 
But there's one interesting dynamic to compare to Montana. I see it here. Bobby Houck is very similar to Jay Hill in the fact that so much of his success as a young coach came as an FBS special teams coordinator. He took over a program as a young guy who's then made that program dominant, just like Bobby Houck did his first tenure here. And then he found himself an heir apparent, and that's going to be such an interesting factor at Montana because Bobby Houck has identified Shan Schillinger as that guy. And Coach Houck has not really pulled off the reins of being the, S, the special teams guy in 25 years of his career. Right. I mean, he's been the special teams guy all through the 90s at FBS programs his whole time here at Montana, uh, and then he was the special teams guy at San Diego State most recently for Rocky Long. There's a lot of knowledge there, and if you can find an error apparent, it can, just, it can do so much for your program to have two voices in that element, especially when one of those guys is a young, dynamic guy just like Shan Schillinger is. It's so interesting because – Every coach will tell you how important special teams are. But not every coach has a history of coaching special teams. Like, I mean, we know about offensive guys. We know about defensive guys. Well, guess what? There's also straight special teams guys. And Bobby Houck and Jay Hill are that. And there may be another guy in the league that's a head coach that is that. But but it, it seems pretty unquestionable to me that those two guys if you want to see special teams from from a top-down perspective that's where you look jeff Choate's a special teams guy too yeah and th- this is actually a very interesting analysis as well because i think that actually montana state has been excellent on special teams with the exception of kicking place kicking and, and that has overshadowed it because they've had such a roller coaster at kicker from Luke Daly tearing his ACL to then Luke Daly getting in trouble and being suspended to then Gabe Peppinger, who was a Missoula kid who had to walk on there, but then all of a sudden was the starting kicker. And he has a good freshman year. He goes 9 of 13 on field goals, but they never really were confident to use him in anything more than maybe like a 38-yard field goal. They had to be inside the 20, basically, to use him. And then they, they kind of lost confidence in him as a sophomore, uh, more, more because of, their percep- the coaching staff's perception than actually Pepinger's performance because I actually thought he was t- pretty fine as a sophomore as well. But then they bring in Tristan Bailey, who was nails early, and he was the national special teams player of the week. He won him the Western Illinois game. Yeah, it was sick, like a 58-yard or something. He like hit that. a 58-yarder. He had another 47-yarder yeah. to give him the, the final go-ahead mm-hmm. lead, and he hit a 35-yarder. I mean, he hit three field goals in that game. He was great. But then he kind of lost it by the end of the year, too. And so much of it is just the mental aspect of being a kicker and the way that that stuff can just kind of go awry. But that's overshadowed, then, the fact that Jared Padmus has been, I mean, he he hasn't allowed a return in, like, two years. They haven't had a significant punt return against them in two years because of Jared Padmus's rugby punting ability. And then, you know, the other thing is that Kevin Cassis has either been an explosive play or – a sure-handed guy, because that's that's their mo. If you don't have something you can break for twenty plus, just keep it safe because we're going to run this ball control offense anyways. But I think Cassis has been better as a punt returner than people give him credit for too. It's just interesting that you talk about Weaver State. Okay, Trey Tuttle's an All-American. Rashid Shahid's All-American. They're the best special teams in the league, and it's true. And it's also, I mean, Montana had that before, and I know they're working towards having that again. But I think it's interesting that Montana State has actually been really, really good on special teams. They just, it's been a little bit overshadowed because of the one element that's so obvious when you're kicking for points has been so inconsistent. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. We'll come back with our Montana, or our, uh, excuse me, Carolyn. 
She's going to come in studio. Chick who doesn't know about sports going to join us and tell us about sports. It's always fun when Carolyn comes around. But before that, we've got a ton of stuff to give away today. Ton every single stuff. segment. Right. Free stuff. Not, not, not quite every segment, Almost. but many segments today. You're going to be getting something, and we're going to start with our good friends out of Shoto, Montana. Shout out. Shoto. Alpine Touch. Tell them about it. That's right. We got uh, the little bi- four big mountain flavors with a little carrying case here. You got your all-purpose pepper blend, hickory smoked, and chili sublime. Chili sublime is really good with, like, guacamole. Mm, put it right put it on there. there. Right on the guac. I'm yep. into that. Delicious. You can take it to your friend's house. If I'm going to Gus's house, I got this little... That's right. Got this little carrying case. So if you just call right now, 329-1899. You can also find this online, alpinetouch.com. So go check that out if you want to order this for yourself, your friends. Good mm-hmm. gift. But go, uh, Can we throw in a barbecue sauce? We got a barbecue one? sauce yeah, as yeah. well. Yep. We'll get you a barbecue sauce. Yep. Give us a call right now. 329-1899. First caller, give Reese your information. We need your phone number and your address because we're going to send this right to your front door. But give us a call right now. 329-1899. And we got the four Big Mountain Flavors travel pack as well as a Alpine Touch barbecue sauce. It's grilling season. It's the height of grilling season. Alpine Touch does it better than anybody else. Alpine Touch, Montana Special Spice. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Some people know sports, some people don't. Some people don't like to talk about it. That's Carolyn. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1 of 290 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. And they are celebrating their 30th anniversary. That's right, 30 years Kurtz Polaris has been in business. And they're celebrating by offering you up to 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month. For Kurt's 30-year anniversary sale. You want to find us on Twitter at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN. And at Skyline Sports MT, that's where you go. Hey there. Two weeks in a row. Look at us getting the best segment on Tutel Nuanas. Delivered to you. A sports update from a chick who doesn't know about sports. Carolyn, thank you for being here again. You have a short list today, so that's good. Short list. Remember... Remember, Missoula Winery, the official sponsor of this segment now. Missoula Winery is open from Wednesday through Saturday. The tasting room, 2 to 7 p.m. Go check them out. They got $2 glasses of Tattoo Girl wine. That's a pretty screaming deal. It's a really good wine. So go check them out there out by the airport. Uh, 
Missoula Winery and Event Center. What a great place to enjoy an evening in the summer. Carolyn, what are you burning on? Well, I don't know if any of you guys caught the Cubs game yesterday. but I saw uh, a little bit of it. I saw Matt Nagy throw out the first pitch, and he, he also uh, threw, threw a out, strike. Oh, yes, he also threw out the P word. There's... Uh, there's a number of p words, I guess, as I as I rolodex through uh, the, my vocabulary. Uh, so what happened? What did Nate? What was he doing? He was singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Okay, yeah, I get up there. That's a big Cubs tradition. Yes, get on the mic. The best okay. tradition. Yes. And he did not enunciate allegedly enunciate peanuts properly. Oh, really? I think it was purposefully. Can we play this back? Yes, please do. Okay. I'd like a vote from our listeners. Uh, We'll play uh, a portion of uh, Nagy's rendition of Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and you can uh, be a judge for yourself uh, uh, and pay very close attention to the word peanuts, as it's said here. Or what he said. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some penis and cracker jack. Didn't sound like peanuts to me. Nope, it sure uh, didn't. And hopefully he makes those same mistakes when he's uh, trying to do calls in game for the Bears, and they end up uh, with running plays when they're trying to get passing plays. What do you mean, he, hopefully? Yeah, I want the Bears to stink. That's what How I want. Dare you? Oh, don't come in here with that Canadian-born Bears fan. Oh I my grew up in Chicago. Goodness. I know. I'm a Cubs fan too. I loved Jim McMahon and sweetness. Wow. What about the fridge? I have a Logged shirt. The refrigerator Perry. I have a shirt from the year that they won the Super Bowl from the 85 Bears with like several of the like players on it. And then the depiction of William Perry is just a refrigerator with the number 72. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like the Super Bowl shuffle? I loved the Super Bowl shuffle. Love Ditka. Love the whole thing. But I was five and a child at that well, time. Well, I was in fifth grade, mm. sir. Mm. Nah, I don't believe that. It's true. Maybe it was true, actually. Yeah. Walter Payton is so sweet. But Jim McMahon? He wore those shades, and he had the attitude. Poor Jim McMahon now. Have you seen him lately? No. No, he's better now, dude. Oh, he's healing up? They they found a deal. They drained some fluid uh, off the spine, and he's like... A world better, so I'm, oh, I'm happy, I'm to happy hear that. about that. Yes. Yeah, because that was actually because Jim McMahon in 1985 is not cool, but Jim McMahon now I feel bad for him, so that's good. Good news. First of all, in 1985, there was nobody cooler than Jim McMahon. Right. He may not have been the best quarterback, and by may not, I mean certainly wasn't. But <laughs> there was nobody cooler with the headband and the the, and the, the sunglasses. Oh, and he yeah. was on like all of the regional Chicagoland. Um, commercials for stuff, mm-hmm. so it was like he was pimping himself out. It was good stuff. Jim the McMahon, mm-hmm. you get it. Mm-hmm. Tease for a segment later on. the The nature of the one hit wonder of the nineteen eighty five Bears is amazing because when you think about the NFL, NFL is always two to three year windows where you know sometimes you lose in the Super Bowl like the Seahawks and then win, or you know, or or win and then lose. You know, you can't have this two, three, sometimes four year window. That team was so good. And they only won one. They only played in one, which they is crazy. Well, only playing in one is is a little bit surprising. They were they were so good, but also they were good for like two or two years, maybe leading up to that season. Yeah. And then the next season, they were like middle of the road. And the next season, they were a four win team, and Ditka was fired. 
Like that's the re- the remark. The drop off is the stunner. The drop off, as well as the reverence that that team is remembered with. People are people still talk about that one of the greatest teams of all time. Well, one of the and, greatest and, defenses, and, which and it they, was. It was, but I don't know. I just I wonder if that team wasn't from Chicago. What people would think. I don't think it's about being from Chicago. I think it's all the stuff that went with it. Like, like it was the a Super circus Shuffle? of per- personalities, mm-hmm. and you know you get that you get uh, 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 Ditka Mongo. And, and who's the, who's the coordinator, the D.C.? Oh, Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan. Ryan and Ditka just yelling at each other all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll coach my defense, you coach mm-hmm. your offense, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then all the players, McMahon, everybody dancing around. So that's it's like it gets this place in pop culture even more than it does in football culture. Which is why I remember it. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> What's next? Okay, Carolyn, what else you got? Thank you for turning us on to the take well, me out to the ball. Well, I want to take a moment – and have a moment of appreciation for Steph Curry. Great. Well I needed. Just, I mean, I don't care about him, his basketball, but he is just the coolest husband and father and human. What's he doing now? His wife's a bad dancer or his something? His wife was, did a little dance, and people were talking smack on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and he just, like, went off. And I just love that. He stands up for his woman, and I just I just feel like if he, if a scandal hit – this guy, I would be just shocked you, in shock and awe. Uh, I've, I'm a big uh, Steph Curry guy myself. Same. I uh, watched Steph Curry. Did you see they played that Tahoe, you know, the celebrity Tahoe golf tournament? Mm. And uh, he put one into not just the gallery, but like the stands that are mm. holding the, like the the comp, like the green uh, room tent that was around the green went up there into the crowd and played the ball from the stairs <laughs> and chipped it onto the green. Of course he did. Yeah, of course I he mean, did because he is a good golfer. Great golfer. I yeah, really, good for yeah. Steph. All these people coming on, you know, all the, I mean, the trolls and so forth. There's an interesting thing. I think, I don't know, Coulter, what your age is in terms of relationship to what I'm about to say. Carolyn and I are uh, on the trolls are the worst side mm. of uh, life. But there's a uh, a a group of people at some certain age that find trolling just to be fun and funny, and they're like oh, no. into it, and they're into the back and forth because they think it's like a big kick and a hoot and a holler and all of that. But uh, Steph Curry clearly isn't having it with uh, you know with the trolls coming out for for blood, which people always do when they see something. It's just stupid. I know, but I just love that he says no. Don't mess with my woman. There you go. And I love how cute he is with his kids. I just think he's great. And I I would literally be blown away if I heard something bad about him. So don't ever tell me anything bad. We won't. First of all, I hate the trolls. Never feed the trolls. <laughs> Second of all, though, uh, I think one thing that just like makes me feel so strange about the world that we live in is that... Steph Curry is, by all accounts, this awesome dude. He's just so such a good guy. He's a great example of if you just work hard where you can get to. Because Steph Curry does not have like these ma- amazing athletic gifts. He has some of the greatest hand-eye coordination in, the, in all of the history of sports. But he's which a, is something. Well, sure, but I mean, he's you know what I'm saying. He's a no, six totally. foot three, hundred and sixty-five pound child. Yeah, like he's not like this. Yeah. crazy gifted guy, and he's he's his skill has gotten to the top, but also just his the way he carries himself. His positive attitude, 
And the, what I'm getting at is it makes me so mad that there are so many people out there that don't like Steph Curry. What? Like, why How can't we? How can anyone not like people him? People don't like the mouthpiece. They think he's cocky. They think the way he oh. shakes it when he's playing. And I'm just like, dude, just let it roll. Why can't we just like people? There isn't one single basketball player that's ever played the game from your local YMCA to the NBA that if they haven't made a good play doesn't do something. Exactly. Okay? Right. Well, it, Great. This could brings us all the way back to the U.S. Women's National Team. So let them celebrate, Gus. Oh my I gosh! I think that's within you. You need to be within reason. But man, when I hit a three pointer, I mean, you should see my moves. <laughs> Are you doing the worm out I there, Buck? I do Bucca? the worm. I do whatever yeah. this is. The cabbage patch. Very good. The Running Man. <laughs> The Super Bowl Shuffle. The Super Bowl Shuffle. Uh, we got to get Carolyn out for a game. Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, brought to us by the Missoula Winery and Event Center. Missoula Winery and Event Center is open from 2 to 7, Wednesday through Saturday. That's their tasting room. But they also have a great place to host events, whether you got a birthday party, bachelorette party. There's a Magic Mike event out there oh, once yeah. upon a time, the greatest Otherwise. ad in Missoula broadcasting history. Carolyn right. voiced it all I about sure the Magic did. Mike. But if you want to go to Missoula Winery, uh, just go online. You can... Find contact information there to book your event. And if you want to go check out $2 glasses of Tattoo Girl Wine, Missoula Wine and Event Center open 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. Let's go at 2. Well, we missed 2 o'clock, didn't we? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, you don't know where I was. Well, that's a good point. It's <laughs> a good point. You're Sorry, I botched, I botched the address there, too. I didn't have it off the top of my head, but it is just MissoulaWineryAndEventCenter.com. If you want to go check out, if you need to book an event, that's the best way to do it. You can find contact information there. space out there. they got a great, uh, great place. location, great great space for uh, events and various things. Uh, thanks to Carolyn for coming in, doing it. Uh, the uh, chick who doesn't know about sports, doesn't know sports again. Hey, it's, we're not giving away something in every segment, but so far we're two for two. Mm-hmm. Okay, gave away some Alpine Touch in the last segment. Today, how about Board of Missoula? Missoula's original board shop. Surfboards, probably. Snowboards, definitely. Skateboards, absolutely. Board of Missoula downtown, 25 bucks right now. 329-1899, 329-1899. You call right now, caller number two. It's a $25 gift card to the Board of Missoula. Coulter on the hip strip. Tell them about it a little bit. 30th anniversary of yes. the Board of Missoula. That's impressive. I feel like there's a lot of 30th anniversaries going around uh, around here. Chris Polaris, 30th That's anniversary, right. too. Um, uh, my 30th anniversary of my marriage is coming up this month. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Board of Missoula, they got all sorts of stuff. You might, I mean, you obviously know they're the go-to spot for snowboarding gear, bindings, all that kind of stuff. Also, a great place to get your board all fixed up with bearings and things like that. But they also have a ton of new merchandise as well. Some slick hats, some sweet shoes, a bunch of cool T-shirts, Bunch of cool sunglasses. I've got myself a, co- a couple cool, cool pairs of sunglasses there. So right there on the hip strip, just down the way from the Roxy, go check them out. Board of Missoula. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums? All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive. Innovative. 
and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Alpine Touch has been providing you with the distinct seasonings you know and love for decades. Now, Alpine Touch has something to help you unleash the freshness of all the delicious flavors you need to spice up any meal. Check out Alpine Touch's new coarse grinds, unleashing the fresh taste of the garlic pepper or all-purpose seasonings to please any nose or taste bud. Coarse grinds can be purchased by the pound at retail locations around the state or at alpinetouch.com. Use the code ESPN10 at checkout to get 10% off any online order. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Florence Coffee Company wants to thank you, our customers, for voting us the Triple Crown in Missoula this year. You awarded us Best Barista, Best Coffee, and Best Coffee Hut. We work hard to serve superior products with all natural ingredients, provide great customer service, and offer a loyalty program like no other. We are a Montana family-owned and operated company, and we look forward to serving you throughout our native western Montana. Hey folks, Ryan Tutel here, and I'm with Josh of the Advocates Injury Attorneys. Josh, what are people left dealing with after an accident? Well, quite a few things, actually. We see people that are in pain, they still need to get to work, they need to raise their kids, and now they have to take time to go see doctors and other healthcare providers. They're frustrated with working with the insurance companies and getting the runaround. We'll take on the burden of dealing with the insurance companies so you can get the best settlement possible and get back to your life. Find your advocate online at montanaadvocates.com. There are a lot of lawyers. You deserve an advocate. Take summer by storm with a new Polaris off-road vehicle. During the summer sales event, rebates go as high as $2,000 and financing is as low as 3.99%. Live your life wide open in a high-performance Razor. Tackle anything from mountains to mud holes on our legendary Sportsman ATV. Get more done with a hard-working Ranger or take on any task or trail in a versatile Polaris General. Whatever you're looking for, now is the time to take your pick from the off-road's best-selling lineup. See Polaris.com or your Polaris dealer for rebates up to $2,000 and financing as low as 3.99%. APR for 36 months during the Polaris Summer Sales Event at Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. July is Kurtz Polaris' 30th birthday, and they are celebrating with unprecedented savings on select parts and accessories with the purchase of a new Polaris off-road vehicle, Veda or Husqvarna dirt bike, or any of their new line of Crest pontoon boats. Go to Kurtz Polaris for details. Offers valid in U.S. through 723.19 on new 2015-2019 vehicles. Subject to credit approval. Offers vary by model. See dealer for details. Always wear a helmet. Never get to ride. You're a big league fan. You expect big league service. At the Desperado, you get exactly that. With 35 flat screens, ice cold brews on tap, and Missoula's number one wings, you're free to sit back and enjoy every pitch. This summer, make the Desperado your baseball home away from home. Cool off after work, relax on the weekends, soak in some great food and drinks, and watch your team make yet another great push for October. And hey, if yours can't do it, there's plenty of other teams and fun to go around at the Desperado Sports Tavern on South Russell across from the Y. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. in the state of Montana, go to SkylineSportsMT.com. Now for the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. What a day at the Open. 
What a day at the Open. Usually day two, not that big. I mean, you know, it's a big day. Any Every major, every day at a major is a big day, but usually Friday is not the day where you're like, wow. Uh, but today it was, and I'll tell you why, and we'll get into uh, some of what might come up this weekend in Ireland. It's Two Tell Noirs. We're broadcasting from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and they are celebrating their 30th anniversary. That's right, 30 years they've been in business. And they are celebrating by offering you 30% off. 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna or Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month long. Okay? All month long. You got, what, 12 more days. Month of July, you got to get in there take advantage of this sale. A bunch of new 2020 stuff about to roll out, too, at Kurtz Polaris. Uh, Coulter... I must say, you know, I don't get into this stuff the way I got into it today. Now, I, I, I love golf, you know that, and I love the majors in particular, and I watch, uh, you know, I watch it, but I, I'm not really a sit-down-and-watch-the-tournament guy. Before you know? Sunday. Yeah, before su- Sunday, I definitely want to check it out, at least watch, try and watch the back nine, you know what I mean? But today, Rory McIlroy went out and shot a 78 yesterday. Seven over. And he came out today, and as the day developed, and he's in the late group, you know, the the cut line looked like it was going to be around plus one. So he's going to have to come out and shoot a seven under 64 to get to plus one. And a tall task, to be sure. But a guy with his talent is capable of it. And he came out, shot two under on the front nine, two birdies and seven pars, and then went birdie, birdie, birdie on 10, 11, and 12, and was five under with, count them up, six to play. Needed to go two under in the last six to get to that one under. A pretty easy par three, all things, like a 170-yard par three today. Misses the green, chips it to, I don't know, 18 feet and misses the putt. Bogey's 13. And now he's three over, or excuse me, th- three out. He's actually four over for the tournament. Th- needs to go three under on the final five. With the hardest hole in the course, which it had given up, I think, five birdies on the day today. Birdies it. Bounces back. So he goes three birdies, bogey, and then another birdie on the hardest hole to get back to where he only needs to. I don't recall if he birdied also 14, 15 or 16, but one of those two he also birdies. And comes into 17 and 18 at two over, needing a birdie. Doesn't get it at 17. Hits it up at 18, which is a very, it's a 467-yard par four. He's about 170 out on his approach shot. And the pin is on the extreme left side. So the safe play is kind of dead center of the green. Leave it up there right of the pin. Make sure you're on. But knowing that he needs a birdie, he takes dead aim. Doesn't miss by much, but misses by enough that the thing just rolls out off the side of the green and has to chip to get it in. Now, the chip to make it, to make the chip, is, I mean, the commentators are saying on TV, is a 1 in 50 to make it. I think it's a lot less than that. Of course, I'm no good. So maybe it is 1 in 50 for those guys. But effectively, on his approach shot, it kind of sealed his fate of not making the weekend. By the way, he did not make the chip, and he is not playing this weekend. But as he walked up there, two things struck me. First of all, he received 
and a round of a round of applause that became a standing ovation as he walked up 18 and to the green playing in an open championship in not just Ireland but Northern Ireland his home country uh I mean has to be the best golfer ever from Northern Ireland oh certainly Patrick Harrington I don't know if he's from Northern Ireland or just from Ireland but he's a, a multi-time major champion as well but I mean Rory's already he have four in the bag five he's got five I mean just I mean, Rory's one of the all-time greatest golfers ever already already yeah already so anyway and to see the respect and the appreciation that the home country I mean if we know one thing about the Irish right they take care of their own don't they is it four four yeah okay, he's four. never won the masters he's won two PGA championships a US open and a uh, one open championship yeah. And by the way, his last five open championships, I think he's got a second, a third, and a fifth in addition to the win. Hasn't won a major in five years, which is crazy yeah. considering he's only 30. Well, he, he got went, four under his belt by the time he's 25. He went on that unbelievable run where he won three in five or six, I think. In a, you know, he won the PGA to end 2012 and then won the open and uh, he won the, won the, uh, the open and another PGA. The With following season. Two seasons later. Yeah, okay. 2014. But uh, I thought it was, I just thought it was a, a pretty a pretty remarkable and special moment for him. And I thought it was riveting as a viewer to see, you know, this, you know, this little aisle out there in the, uh, you know, North Atlantic being on the global stage and the biggest stage that the sport has to offer when it comes to a major and for their guy, who didn't, it's so interesting because he, he failed uh, on the first. I mean, he just awfully enough quad. He had a triple and a double in one round. I mean, short of David Duvall, I mean, it was it was one of the most, it was one of the worst rounds of the day, particularly if you consider who it is that did it. And certainly one of the worst rounds of his career. And I, I think it's got to be somewhat obviously disappointing, but also embarrassing. You know, when you go out there at your home track, not his home track per se, but in your home country and, and, and all that, and, and have that performance, it's just uh, just terrible. And for him to bounce back and show the fight that he showed, and here's what I saw out of Rory McIlroy today. Everybody wants to play well. There's a lot of guys, this is why you're a professional golfer, that can play well. But there's very, very few people on earth that can decide today I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this. And Roy McElroy had a a focus and a uh, uh, a mental edge. And it, look, if you don't play golf, if you don't watch golf, you, you, this this all sounds stupid, but it was true today. He went out and decided today I'm making a run at this. I got to get to seven under. And I'm going to go, and I can do it, and I'm going to go make this happen. And and for him to, very few guys can dig in and make the absolute shot when they have to make it. And, and not to mention do it repeatedly. And he did. And he still came up short. He still came up short. But for him to make the run at it that he did was totally impressive to me. And for him, you don't you don't usually get home. That's one thing that golf doesn't have often, right? You have fan favorites and all that, but you don't have home field advantage. There's not home and away in golf. Right. Well, there was home in golf today. And so I, that, that to me was stirring and I enjoyed it very much. And I'm disappointed, very disappointed that Rory is not going to be there this weekend. That said, 
welcome Shane Lowry to the uh, equation uh, uh, from Ireland, not or- North Island, but from Ireland, leading this tournament at 10 under, gave two back towards the end, which makes me worry because he definitely felt the fact that he was in the lead at the Open Championship in Ireland, gave a couple back on the last four holes, but played really well. He and J.B. Holmes tied at 8 under. But now, Coulter, I'm pumped up because they're at 8 under. Uh, there's two other guys. I got to look who they are at seven under. Then you got Justin Rose uh, uh, amongst a couple others at six under. You got Jordan Spieth and Brooks Kepka with a group at five. Patrick Reed at four. And then Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler amongst another pretty big group at three under. Okay, they're all within five strokes of the lead. And with J.B. Holmes and Shane Lowry there at eight under, Eh, it's not exactly the most intimidating leaders, if I can say so delicately. You know where you expect, well, they're just gonna they're just gonna take this thing over and not look back. I think that this has you know all of the intrigue, intrigue and interest all over it, especially with Jordan Spieth, who has been terrible at times leading into this, and such a he, he's he's such a pendulum when it comes to his sort of mental emotional side. He dialed in, shot four under today, one under yesterday, and is, you know, and looks like the the type of guy. He's the type of guy who can do what Rory did when he needs it. He can dig in and go get it. He can also blow it in the most amazing ways as well. So it's going to be very exciting. I'll, I have my pick for who I think is going to win this whole thing going in the weekend. I'd be interested to hear yours. Well, well first of all, I want to talk about Spieth for just a brief yes. moment because – Kevin Van Valkenburg, a University of Montana alum, Missoula native, who's yep. one of the senior golf writers for ESPN. Been now. on this very show, in fact, talking about Rory Rackleroy. Yeah, uh, Van Valkenburg is great. Uh, but he, he had some Twitter coverage yesterday where he was talking about how those who can watch golf with a nuanced enough eye would be the first to tell you that Jordan Spieth is putting better than he's ever putted before. And to say that about a guy that is one of the great heat streak putters in the history of the PGA Tour. I mean, when Jordan Spieth's putter gets hot, he gets he gets it ridiculous. I mean, he he can, if it's on the green, it's in the mix for him to make the putt. 50-footers, let's go. I mean, he it's, it, it is a realistic thing for him yep. when he's hot. And and today, that stretch where uh, he went birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie, he made a 25-footer, a 28-footer, a 29-footer, and a 31-footer. So he, he's just, just put it up there. Put her up there, and he's going to make it. He's going to one-putt that thing. The thing that's so crazy, it's like Van Valkenburg was saying. Somewhere along the lines, he he almost completely lost the ability to hit the ball off the face of the club. He's towing it and, and hitting it off the inside all the time, which is crazy because he's not an exceptionally long hitter. His whole game is the control aspect and then giving himself a chance. Just get it on the green because if you get it on the green – he has such a weapon in his hand when he has his putter. But he, coming into this tournament, this is astounding. There, now, there's only about 150 guys on the PGA Tour each year. And there's guys that are kind of ebbs, ebbing and flowing. They're not necessarily playing the whole tour or whatever. Two-way they, contract guys. Right. But Speed so Speed entered this tournament 189th in the world in driving accuracy and 186th in greens and regulation. So that means he's like literally the worst guy on tour. Which is crazy to think about. That said, he was, and, and even with his his good round today, and the fact that he's five under and he's in the mix right now, he still only hit thirty nine percent of his fairways, which is like half of what he was hitting when he was playing at his highest level. If he can get the action, his putter 
is red hot, and that could be the thing that boosts him and, and makes a difference this weekend. He, uh, in addition to it, this, is weird because he he has had such a it's 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 fairly unique. I mean, Jordan Spieth's swing is distinct, but it's a metronome, man. It's straight back, it's straight through. It always gets weird off the tee because it's a bigger club and all that. But he is not a long ball hitter, never has been. It's been the accuracy that's been the thing, and it hasn't even been the ball striking for Jordan Spieth. It certainly has been a short game, and I would include in his his elite putting when he's when it's working for him some unbelievable chipping. I mean, he's great out of the sand. He's great around the greens in general. Um, but even though he has been always one of the shortest off the tee on on tour, he has also at least been relatively accurate. But as one commentator put it, they, to be short and crooked is a recipe for disaster, and he's been exactly that. And that's why it's a mir- miraculous that he's five under, and you're right. Well, if you're going to just go out there and drain every 25 to 35-footer that you see, you're going to be in business. Maybe make it a little easier on yourself and just leave some 15-footers every once in a while. And especially in a link style, man, you get out there and they, you know, when we, we, we golf here in the state of Montana, a lot of golf courses in Montana are just cut out of the forest. You know what I mean? You got trees mm-hmm. everywhere, and that's kind of the thing that you deal with. And it's just difficult to understand how much harder it is to miss the green when you're in the hay, when you're in when you're in a link style course, and it's just best case scenario, really long grass. Worst case scenario, flat unplayable. I mean, in some spots, it's just flat mm-hmm. unplayable. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The trees. Almost always, especially when you're as good as these guys, will give you a, some kind of out. Some kind of out. Well, often it's an out where you can actually go and, and take, a, take a rip at it and try and put it on the green. And even if not, even if you're just chipping out of the trees, you're going to gain 100 yards. You're going to gain 150 yards. I'm seeing guys, I saw Gary Woodward uh, today rip it. As, I mean, the biggest swing you could ever see hurt his wrist doing the whole thing. It went 50 feet back into the fairway, and it was all he could do just to get it out of where it was sitting. So if you are not accurate on a course like this, you are in huge trouble. And and certainly, listen, if Jordan Spieth isn't hitting better than 36% fairways, he's not winning this tournament. But he is the type of guy who could all of a sudden show up tomorrow and do it, right, and, and go and hit 75% of them and stay roasty with that flat stick and, and, and all of a sudden – Everybody goes, well, Jordan's back. He's so good with the putter that if he just if he hits seventy five percent of greens, that means he's gonna he'll probably birdie about fifty to sixty percent of the holes that he hits the green on. So now all of a sudden you have you give yourself ten to twelve birdie chances of around, and that's how you win these. Of things. which you make six or seven, right? And then you got to stay away from the triple bogey, and that's which how he will do from time, to time. right? But then that's how he's got on some of these runs where we've seen him. Make six or seven birdies in a row, mm-hmm. and I, I, it is. It's just so, so much about accuracy. I, it's fascinating just to think how unbelievable he was a couple of years ago, and how I mean, he was the number one player in the world when he was twenty four years old. That's right, twenty three years old. Finished and second at the Masters. Now he's thirty eight, which is nothing to sneeze at, but it's nowhere near what he should be considering how talented he is. Okay, so who you got going into this weekend? You got Brooks Kepka. You got Brooks. How can you not? He's five under. He's it, the thing is that, here's the thing. Tiger, Tiger was so intimidating with, with the way he walks and his snarl and how far he can hit it. But he's also just kind of like this. 
robotic guy, and when you're listening to him talk, you're like, you, you might be intimidated by him, but you more just resent him because you're just like, huh, Tiger, at it again. I think Kepka is the most intimidating guy in the history of the PGA Tour because he truly doesn't care. He, he's there's all the rest of these guys are worried about. Okay, how do I stay locked in? How do how do I not melt down? How do I not beat myself? And Kepka is just like, oh, I'm playing my weekend round of golf. I'm just going to sit out here and let all these other guys just melt down while I just sit here and go 68, 68, 68, 68. Okay, but hometown Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, one of the top five players in the world, is a stroke ahead. Jordan Spieth tied. And then you got Dustin Johnson and Patrick Reed and Ricky Fowler breathing, and you still got him. Still got Kepka. You know who I got? Brooks Kapka. Because <laughs> I'm not a moron. I mean, could anybody win this? Sure. But Brooks Kapka is the guy right here, right now. He's got everybody where he wants them. And now we're all playing in the same weather conditions. Like, the, the only way to me that Brooks Kapka falls out of of favoritism, and I say that specifically, not falls, you know, not falls, I'm not guaranteeing anything like that, but the only way that he isn't the guy who you pick going into Saturday is if he got the short end of the weather stick. Well, guess what? No one got the short end of the weather stick happily at this event. Guys that played bad, played bad. Guys that played good, played good, and the scores reflect that. So I got Brooksy headed into Saturday and Sunday. Let Talk to me at 5 p.m. Oh, no, like, what? 11 a.m., right? Probably on Sunday when they wrap this thing up from over there in Ireland with, with the time change. All right. All right. All right. People who are not golfing, they're like, move on. Okay, how about we move on to the NFL? How does that sound? Top five wide receiver duos according to the NFL.com. Some of them are right. Some of them are wrong. We'll tell you who should, in fact, be there right after this. Coulter, if you're traveling around the state of Montana and need a place to stay, great place to stay in Missoula is the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, conveniently located uh, near the airport. Got great rates for business travelers, great stuff for family, friends, an outstanding environment all the way around. Wingate by Wyndham is a hotel that truly offers something for everybody. Wingate has an awesome water park with a sweet water slide for families, groups, and birthday parties. They also have terrific business travel rates, large meeting spaces for you, or, your, you and your clients. And one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Just down the road from Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free for guests, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of those guests. Let the Wingate by Wyndham make you feel at home in Missoula, even when you're not. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. 
your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.